Hey, you're listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast. If you want to learn more about the church, including upcoming service times in both our Cincinnati, Ohio, and Florence, Kentucky locations, visit us online at sevenhillschurch.tv. We hope this message helps you win the day. Um, But what I want to talk about very briefly today, very quickly, is uh, I want to talk about something that I I think ultimately, you know, when when we talk about the Gardner series, we're talking about how to live a happy, healthy, hopeful life. How many of y'all feel like that? That sounds amazing. Sign me up for that. Um, Well, I want to talk about something that will prevent you from living a happy, hopeful life healthy life, ultimately the life that Jesus died for you to have. And what I want to do is I want to take just a few minutes and talk to you about how to overcome worry, how to overcome worry. It's kind of hard to worry when the weather's so beautiful outside, huh? It's kind of, the worries seem to go away. But Jesus said, if you have your Bibles, Jesus said in Mark chapter four, verse 19, Jesus said, but the worries of this life, the worries of this life, and he gave a couple other things, but he said, the worries of this life choke the word. It chokes, chokes the things that God is wanting to speak into your life and ultimately making it unfruitful, making your life unfruitful. Jesus said, the worries of life, have you ever thought about that, that the worries of life could have that kind of impact on your life, that the worries of life will affect your fruitfulness in life. Think about that. The worries of this life choke what God is wanting to do in your life. And the enemy, he, man, he, he wants to get in and he wants to, he wants to choke the things that God wants to do in your life. He wants to suffocate the blessing. The enemy doesn't want you to take a breath. He doesn't want to give you any kind of break. He's relentless. The picture that you should get is the enemy putting his hands around your throat and slowly choking you out so you can't breathe. This is the imagery. See, we think of, of worry as just kind of, it's not a big deal. We just kind of, it's, you don't want to worry, but, but we're kind of dismissive a little bit with worry. We kind of just sweep it under the rug. That worry's not necessarily a bad thing, but Jesus says, no, the imagery that you should get of worry is that it's the enemy actually trying to choke you out and him trying to suffocate the things that God wants to do in your life. Uh, Matthew chapter six, verse 25, Jesus said, do not worry. Come on, say, do not worry. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, do not worry. Do not worry. Cincinnati, I can hear you through the camera. You're doing such a great job. Do not worry about your life. The Greek word here for life is, means your whole life. So Jesus is saying, I don't want you to worry about your mental life. I don't want you to worry about your physical life. I don't want you to worry about your emotional life, your spiritual life. It means your yesterday life, your today life, your future life. Jesus says, I don't want you to worry about anything. Then he goes further. He says, what you will eat or drink about your body or what you will wear. Somebody say, do not worry. worry. See, right off the bat, Jesus gets to the heart of what worry is all about. See, worries about later, worries about the future, what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear. Now, he chooses these three, what you will eat, drink, and wear, because these were really the primary concerns of the first century. These really aren't the primary concerns of people living in America in the 21st century, right? You're not really worried about what you're going to eat what you're going to drink. You're definitely not worried about what you're going to wear. You go through your closet every year and get rid of clothes because you have too many of them. I'm the only one. Okay. 
Like, no, I don't. But to, to, to worry, this was, but these are legitimate concerns to his audience. Jesus is saying, don't worry about what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear. Worry, to worry is to be nervous about an event or a person or some sort of problem that ultimately you can't control. It's out of your control anyway. See, and this is what happens. And I, th- I think this is why Jesus is so passionate about worry is because worry will eventually turn into anxiety and anxiety will eventually turn into fear, right? Isn't that the progression? And by the way, we're commanded in scripture to not do all three, worry, be anxious, or have fear. Somebody say amen. You may be worried today about maybe a bad doctor's report. You may be worried about maybe a loved one that doesn't know the Lord. You may be worried about your finances. You may be worried about your job, your future. You may be worried about your kids. You may be worried about the news and the government and what's happening in the world. Some of, some of us are such chronic worriers that when there's nothing going wrong, when there's nothing to worry about, well, we should be worrying because there has to be something to worry about, right? It's almost like, oh, why am I not worrying right now? I need to start worrying. I need to start creating worry because I don't have any worries. And sometimes your worry is actually more lethal to your body than the thing that you're actually worrying about. And worry is just one of these subtle tools of the enemy, just one of these subtle tools of the enemy. The Bible says that Jesus came to give you life, to give you an extraordinary life, to give you this happy, helpful, hopeful healthy life, and that the enemy, his agenda is to come to steal, kill, and destroy that life, right? And he does it through worry, through worry. I want you to think about this. If I was your enemy, how would I distract you from God's blessings and the life that he has for you? I would just get you to worry. I would just cripple you with worry, right? If I was your enemy, I would just worry you to death. I may not be able to take your stuff, but I could take your mind. If I was your enemy, I would just stop life from being fun. I would just make you miserable, right? Think about this. The enemy can't stop you from being blessed, but he can't stop you from enjoying the blessing, right? The enemy is threatening some of you with death tomorrow to rob you of life today. And so I want to make very quickly three practical statements that are going to help us overcome worry. Are you ready? Come on, somebody say, do not worry. I'm going to keep saying it until you believe it, by the way. We're going to say that all message long. We're going to say it until you believe it. Somebody say, do not worry. There you go. You're starting to believe it. The first statement, the first practical statement, I'm going to try to be very, very practical today. You're like, why? Because that's how my mind works. I want something practical. Tell me what I need to do. Okay, so here is practical statement number one. I will do what God asked me to do. I will do what God asked me to do. When you're, whatever worry that you're facing today, number one, I want you to say, I will do what God asked me to do. To do. Okay, you're saying, well, what does this have to do with worry? Great question. I'm glad you asked. See, the, the problem is, the problem is, is that a lot of Christians over-spiritualize things. 
what I'm talking about? Like they think that God's gonna do everything and they have to do nothing, right? The antidote to worry is not to do nothing, right? That's not the antidote. Um, For example, somebody will be um, unemployed looking for a job and you'll say, you know, hey, how's how's the job hunting going? Oh, it's good, I'm just waiting on God. That's, that's great. Have you sent any applications? Uh, no. <laughs> Have you built a resume? Nope. Nope. Have you like networked with people? No, no. Well, then what have you done? I'm waiting on God, brother. What are you talking about? <laughs> I wouldn't over-spiritualize it, okay? The antidote to worry isn't do nothing, okay? If you're gonna overcome worry, you should do what God asks you you to do. James put it this way, James chapter one, verse 22. James said, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, deceive yourselves, do what it says. Come on, say, do what it says. When we talk about a worry-free life, I'm not talking about a life where you do nothing and let God do everything. Make sense? That's not a worry-free life. That's an irresponsible life, right? That's a lazy life. God will ask you to do things in the middle of your worry. Whatever the thing is that you're worrying about, God will ask you to do things. God may ask you to pray. God may ask you to pray. Uh, Paul said in Philippians chapter four, verse six through seven, Paul said, do not be anxious about anything. Do not worry about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. Present your worries to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God may ask you to pray. He, he may ask you to rejoice and give thanks. I love this. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. Y'all ain't ready for this. Paul said, rejoice always. <laughs> Rejoice, even, even in the middle of the thing that I'm worrying about, yep. Rejoice, always. There's pray, continue. There's prayer again. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I want you to think about the thing that you're worrying about right now. Whatever it is, just get it in your mind. Think about the thing that you're worrying about. You have it in your mind? Paul would say, rejoice. Pray. Give thanks. This is God's will for you. And you're like, well, Pastor Kyle, that's not possible. That's not true. It would be cruel for God to command you to do something that he didn't give you the ability to do. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be cruel if God were to command you to do something that he didn't also give you the ability to do? If God commands us to do it, it means he'll give us the ability to do it. You have the ability to rejoice always, to pray continually, and to give thanks in all circumstances. When faced with worry, there are things that God may ask you to do. Remember our first statement, I will do what God asks me to do. I may not be in control of what you do. I may not be in control of what my boss does. I may not be in control of what my friends do or what my spouse does, but I do have control over what God asks me to do. And I will do what God asks me to do. Amen? Amen. 
Number two, the second statement, I will give God what I cannot do. I will give God what I cannot do. Let me put it this way. I love this scripture, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Peter says, let him have all your worries. How beautiful. Let him have all your worries and cares, for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. How amazing is that? Let him have all of your worries, for he's always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. How beautiful. If we're going to live a worry-free life, then we need to, number one, do what God asks us to do. And number two, we need to give God what we cannot do. But this is what happens. Let me kind of play this out for you. This is you. This is me. And this is God. And this is what happens is, is we'll have something in our life. We'll take it out. It'll be some sort of worry. And we'll do everything that we can do, right? We'll pray. We'll rejoice, just like what Paul said. We'll, we'll give thanks. We'll do everything that's in our power. We'll go to the doctor. We'll go to counseling. We'll do everything that's in our power. We'll do what we can do. And then once we've done that, we put it in God's box. And then we wait. And we wait, and about 14 seconds goes by, and then we immediately take it out of his box and we put it back in our box, right? And this is where worry comes in, because we're like, why didn't he do anything? Well, you waited 14 seconds, man. And herein is where worry is born, right? And part of the problem is, is we have a really distorted view of God. This is a better picture, still not appropriate because we know how big God is, right? But we have a distorted view of God. Now, I, I want to take this a little further, if it's okay with you, and I want to I play a little game. I'm going to ask you some questions, and we're going to decide in each scenario which box that this worry should go into. Are you ready? Are you ready? Cincinnati, are you ready? Can you heal someone's cancer? Obviously not. So this should not be in your box. Somebody needs to hear that today. This should not be in your box. This should not be something that you're worrying about. You should put this in God's box and the Lord, the great physician that takes away your sickness and heals all of your diseases will restore you to full health in Jesus' name. That's in God's box. Okay. Can you save people? No. You can't save people. But God can send his angels to watch over and protect the people that you love. He can direct their steps and he can give them favor and wisdom and protection. Amen. But you can't save people. I know you want to. I want to as well. We can't, so we can't worry about that. that. That has no business in our box. Okay, it's the last one. Can you change a person? Maybe your significant other. Can you change? You hesitated a little bit. You're like, I've been trying for years. <laughs> Obviously, you can't. You can't, you can't change people, but God can. God, God can change you. God changed me. He changed me. 
if you were to meet me the first 19 years of my life, and then now, however old I am, <laughs> I'm, I am different. I am different. I, he has really changed me. He has made a heart of stone and turned it into a heart of flesh. He, he can change people, but you can't. And so what box should that be in? Should be in the God box, amen? amen? When faced with the worries of life, I will do what God asks me to do. I'm not concerned about what God's asking you to do. When I'm faced with the worries of life, I'm gonna do what God asks me to do. And then number two, I will give God what I cannot do. Okay, and here's the last statement. If you're gonna overcome worry, no matter what, I will trust God. I will trust God. And that's how that looks. I will trust him. I will trust him. Jesus said in Matthew chapter six, verse 34, he said, do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Let tomorrow worry about itself. When you're tempted to borrow from tomorrow, look for a way to focus on what God is doing today. Don't, don't borrow from tomorrow. Focus on what God is doing today and he will take care of your tomorrow. And no matter what, you can trust him. Do not worry about tomorrow. Come on, somebody say, do not worry. Do not worry. You wanna know why you don't have to worry about tomorrow? It's pretty simple. Jesus actually tells us why you don't have to worry about tomorrow. He, there's several reasons why you don't have to worry, and there's several reasons that Jesus gives why you don't have to worry about tomorrow. But one of the biggest reasons is eight verses before the, verses that, the verse that we just read. If you rewind eight verses and get to the context of Jesus' teaching, when he says, do not worry about tomorrow, he tells us why we don't have to worry about tomorrow. You wanna know why? Because Jesus said you have an incredible heavenly father that adores you. He adores you. This, this is the verse that Jesus says that every single hair on your head is numbered. That's, that's how much he cares about you. He loves you. Jesus tells us not to worry about tomorrow because you have an incredible heavenly father that takes care of his children. You know, God loves being a dad. God loves being a dad. And I can feel it. You're pushing back right now. That's okay. God loves being your dad. And by the way, he's a great dad. See, God knows that well-fathered children are worry-free children. Well-fathered children are worry-free children. I love being a dad. I love, there's, there's, it's probably one of my favorite things that I get to do. I love being a dad. And I can see the difference that it makes in my kid's life when I spend that time with them. When I spend that quality time with them, when I affirm them, it, it affects their confidence. See, I can see it in them. They don't, they don't worry. They don't worry about anything, right? They're not concerned about what they're gonna eat, drink, wear. They're not worried about anything. Why? Because they know that I love them. Because they know I'm gonna take care of them. Because they know I'm their dad. And Jesus takes this thought a step further. He says in Matthew chapter chapter seven, verse 11. So if you sinful people, me as a sinful, imperfect dad, 
if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? You don't have to worry about tomorrow because you have a good father. I've heard it said one time that worry is an orphan spirit. Worry is an orphan spirit that when we worry, we're acting like orphans. But you're not an orphan. Well-fathered children are worry-free children. And you have the best dad in the universe. See, some of us need to stop grieving over the father you didn't have. And you need to start rejoicing over the father that you do have. Jesus said in this same chapter, your father takes care of the birds in the air. They don't worry if the birds are on God's welfare program. Then how much more will your heavenly father take care of you? See, we're the only thing that God created that struggles to trust him. The birds don't worry and they don't know him as father. They know him as creator. But our spirits cry, Abba, Father, you're not an orphan. You're not an orphan. You're, you're the most well-fathered person in the world. And you don't have to worry. He's a good dad. And he's going to daddy you through whatever you're worried about. You have the best daddy in the universe. Come on, somebody say, do not worry. Come on, say, do not worry. I want you to say it like you believe that God loves you. Come on, say, do not worry. Do not worry. Okay, but what happens when you walk into the hospital? What are you going to say? Come on, say it like you mean it. I want, I want your ears to hear your mouth say it. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. It's one thing for me to tell you, do not worry. It's another thing for your mouth to tell your ears, do not worry. When you walk into the hospital, what are you going to say? When you go to pay your bills, what are you going to say? Come on, when your family seems far from God, what are you going to say? When you feel like you're failing as a parent, what are you going to say? When you're single and you're waiting for a spouse. <laughs> She's got it. She's got it. Are you believing it yet? How do you overcome worry? I will do what God asked me to do. I will give God what I cannot do. And no matter what, I will trust him. This was years ago. Um, I was having these uh, kind of deja vu feelings is what they, is what, how I remember them being. It's almost like you remember when you've had, if you've ever had deja vu, it's like you're doing something that you've done before, right? You're like this kind of feeling like, I've, oh, I've done this. I've said this before. Well, I was having these really, really intense deja vu feelings and, uh, and I remember they were, it was almost like it was so intense that it would, it would make me nauseous. Like it was that intense. Like imagine having like the most intense deja vu feeling that you literally started to get like sick. Well, this had been going on for like a year and I told Jess about it and we were, you know, we're not so worried about it, but we're like, this is weird. We didn't really do anything about it. And uh, I'll remember this one day we were at a church event and, um, and I remember having this deja vu feeling 
And this time though, it was so intense. I could tell this one was different. And so I told Jess, I said, hey, babe, we, we, we gotta get out of here. I, I, I can feel like something's gonna happen. Um, this deja vu feeling is just really intense this time. So, so we, we grabbed our stuff and we left and we got in the car. And, uh, and I don't remember anything from that point on. I ended up having a uh, massive seizure and, uh, and we were, uh, we pulled up to, in, in Cincinnati, you don't know where this is at, Mall Road. Uh, it's on the quarter of 42 and Mall Road. And, uh, and Jess got out of the car and she uh, pulled me out of the car. And so I'm like laying in the, in the, these two guys actually from the church randomly ran up and, uh, and pulled me out of the car. And I laid there in the, in the road, the ambulance came, I went to the hospital. And, uh, and even to this day, to this day, I, I went to Cleveland Clinic to figure out what happened. I had all these tests, all this research done. And when I woke up, though, from that seizure, I, I had all these questions. I had all these questions. I, why did this happen? What caused this? Am I going to be okay? Is this something that I'm going to struggle with the rest of my life? I couldn't drive for six months. I mean, I, I didn't know if this was going to be something I would struggle with. I just have seizures the rest of my life. I don't know. But this is what I did. I did what I can do. I went to the doctor's appointments. I took the medication. I, I went to Cleveland Clinic. I saw the best neurologist in the country to try to get answers. And to this day, they still don't really know what caused that. And I've had a few deja vu feelings even after the fact. It's never gone into a full-blown seizure. Thank God. But is this gonna be something I just worry about the rest of my life? I decided I'm gonna do what I can do. I sought medical attention. I got medication. I prayed a lot. I gave thanks. I rejoiced. And then after I did what I can do, I gave God what he can do. I can't heal myself, but God can. And no matter what, I have chosen to trust him because I've walked with God in enough yesterdays and have seen his faithfulness in enough yesterdays that I realize that he's going to be faithful in my today and in my tomorrow. And I don't have to worry. Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you want to experience daily content, messages, and inspiration, go ahead and sign up for Daily Bread with PM by visiting sevenhillschurch.tv slash dbpm. Thanks for listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast.